Storyteller in the Fog podcast presents Yunjin Lee. Resilient and ambitious, Yunjin was born into a life of hardship, finding success in the music industry after years of effort and self-sacrifice. As a child, Yunjin was fascinated by sound, mimicking drums, hitting keys on the piano. When she turned 10, however, she lost her instruments. Her family was heavily in debt and did not make the payments in time. The creditors took everything they owned, including the house. Yunjin held her four-year-old sister tightly as she cried. They moved into a windowless, two-bedroom basement, since her parents worked day and night to pay their debt. Yunjin became her sister's caretaker. Every night, she sang until they both fell asleep. At 17, the renowned record label Mighty One Entertainment came to her high school to audition talent. She was rejected as an idol trainee, but obtained an unpaid internship at the studio. For the following years, she created some of the studio's biggest hits without any credit or recognition. To get her dues, she emerged in the public eye wearing flamboyant fashion and put sound bites into her songs that looped her artist's name, Magnum Opus. Fans began to recognize her songs and she became the producer of No Spin, a poorly performing boy band who needed her special touch. Dissatisfied with No Spin's commercial sound, she sought a rogue element to make the band stand out. Through her contacts and talent shows, she found the edgy, raw sound of Jiwoon Hawk. <laughs> she relaunched No Spin with Jiwoon as its newest member. Within hours, their first video was a viral sensation. Their success cemented Yunjin's reputation as a shrewd producer. Adorned in high fashion to attend luxurious events, Yunjin's harsh, impoverished childhood seemed far behind her. She moved into a penthouse and dined with socialites in Skyline restaurants with breathtaking views of Seoul. The success of the first album broke records, setting the bar high for No Spin's second. As they were recording new tracks, the fire alarm suddenly blared. Concerned for her safety, Yunjin hurried to evacuate the building and left the dallying staff behind. Only when she battled out into the street did she realize No Spin was nowhere amongst the coughing crowd. A goliath of flames engulfed the building, slowly tamed by the steady streams of fire hoses. All members of No Spin perished in the fire, except one, Jiwoon. The album was ruined, the band was over, she would be shelved while Jiwoon would rot away as an instructor for idle trainees, but she refused to be a victim who watched helplessly as Vulture swooped in to take what was hers. Unknown to Mighty One Entertainment, she created new tracks to relaunch Jiwoon's career. She pushed him to tap into his grief and created a song exploring the pangs of sudden loss. The music video showed Jiwoon saying goodbye to each member of No Spin. Yunjin cleverly launched the song under Jiwoon's newly adopted stage name, The Trickster. <laughs> he would embody both fear and awe, like the legendary Dakabai spirits. Jiwoon's song was a global phenomenon, its universal themes of grief and guilt resonating internationally. Together, Yunjin and The Trickster toured the world. Success greeted them on every shore, yet disturbingly so did a series of eccentric murders. Their connection unsettled Yunjin as she noticed that tour dates coincided with the victim's time of death. She was weary after the loss of Nosman and anxious to preserve her artist, so she increased the trickster's security detail. What if the serial killer was an unhitched fan, fixated on the trickster, inspired by the artist's morbid songs? Returning to Seoul, Yunjin worked with Jiwoon and his new material. When she entered the studio at the brink of dawn, she was surprised to see Jiwoon already there. He seemed exhausted, like he had worked all night. When she listened to his track, she discovered a bizarre intro filled with streaks and snares. It was too experimental for her taste. 
A week later, another death was reported. The body showed traces of torture and was arranged in the same flamboyant style as previous murders. This time, diamond cufflinks gouged into the victim's eyes. The following day, the victim was on every television channel. A video from the victim's social media showed her squealing, surprised when her boyfriend handed her a heart-shaped birthday cake. Yunjin's stomach churned. That voice, so familiar, and yet she had never met the victim. The next morning, her heart froze when she listened to the trickster's opening track. The shrieks in his song matched the victim's squeal. Did he sample the victim's birthday video? No, that was impossible. He had recorded this song before the murder was reported. She stared at Jiwoon on the other side of the booth's glass window. He was Nospin's only survivor. Everyone else was dead. Not to mention the eccentric murders that matched his tour dates. Death trails that seemed to converge to him. If he caused this, no artist would survive this scandal. Yunjin's career, no, her life, would be over. All she had would be destroyed. A wave of nausea surged over her. Heart racing, she rushed to the restroom. Wild thoughts blazed through her mind as she splashed icy water over her face. There had to be a simpler explanation. Perhaps she was overworked, or maybe she did not trust her success. Her mind was fabricating the suspicion because disaster was easier to trust than success. It was all in her head. She returned to the recording booth, eager to put worries behind her. Months later, pressure came from the Mighty One Entertainment executives. Revenue was down and they blamed the trickster, since they disapproved of the violent themes in his music and the knife tricks he pulled during performances. While Yunjin was furious they scapegoated her artist, she agreed that Jiwoon's sound was too niche to generate profit. She told Jiwoon she fought them off, but ultimately was outnumbered. Because of their initial fury, he believed her to be on his side. They were given three months to create and perform the next hit for Mighty One. Months flew by and the time came for Yunjin to take a seat at the executive's private show. She was confident about her song, but as soon as the music started, she knew something was amiss. Dense, foul smoke permeated the room. Yunjin coughed and gasped for air, but the more she coughed, the more she inhaled. Her body sank into the chair, her limbs heavy and numb. Her eyes widened as she watched, terrified, a nightmare come to life. The trickster was a whirlwind of blood, slashing, stabbing, and chopping limbs. The executives were covered up like meat. They could not run. They were stuck, like Yunjin, paralyzed. A boiling rage swelled in her gut. How could she have denied her instincts? The fire. The murders on tour. It was him. It had always been him. She had known from the start. Now her career was over, and so was Mighty One. Everyone she had worked with, her colleagues, her friends, dying before her eyes. Everything she had, taken from her, once more. No. She would not let him. He would pay. He would know her suffering. Suddenly, dark coils of black fog rose from the ground and she was... somewhere else. Bright lights flashed behind her, a spotlight found her in the darkness, and then a crowd erupted, chanting her name. Magnus Opus, Magnus Opus. She smiled and welcomed the darkness within. Hello and welcome to the Storytellers in the Fogs, you little gremlins. Uh, we are back today. I am chaotically, as you guys know, and we have a very special guest today. 
Hi, this is Toadsworthy. I am a he, him, bisexual, gay streamer on Twitch. Um, and I focus a lot on doing a variety of games, but no matter what we're playing, no matter what we're doing, um, the focus is always that you are valid and you are worthy in every way, shape, and form. Um, and so I just like to spread some little bit of love and acceptance um, to all people, um, but I absolutely love DVD, as we'll probably get into it. Yes. Um, you also just recently got engaged? Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot happening in my life recently, so <clears throat> yeah, if you go to my Twitch page and you don't see a lot of streams, it's because A, I just moved, um, so that was like a month-long process, and then went on a family beach trip and proposed to my boyfriend, so Hello. now he's my fiancé. Um, so yeah, it's been a crazy time, um, but thankfully I came back in time for the anniversary event, which... I was telling him the whole time, I want to get back and play the anniversary of it. <laughs> How has it been going for you? It's been good. Um, you know, I saw a lot of, you know, conversation on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is my main, like, go-to for everything, like, that's going on with DVD and life, basically. Um, as negative as Twitter is, I do, do love it. Um, but yeah, everybody was, you know, saying, like, oh, I'm getting camped, I'm getting slugged, yada, yada, yada. And, like, I mean, I haven't had more of that than I, like, automatically expect anyway. So it's Yeah, been, usually it's events are, are when it comes out. So usually I expect a little bit of yeah. more difficult gameplay because everybody yeah. wants all of their BPs. Oh yeah, but that's literally all I want is blood points. And yep. I've literally gotten like eight prestiges in like a day. So I'll yes. take it. <laughs> we love. All right. So today you're here to talk about the Yunjin Lee, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you love most about her? Not not necessarily her lore. I mean, you're more than welcome to include mm -hmm. it, but like what what made you choose Yunjin? Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of different things. Um I started playing DVD in the time period between the chapter before her. So her DLC was the first that came out when I was like actively knowing what's going on mm -hmm. um and I was just like so wrapped up in like how hype it was and you know I was beginning to like start to watch more and more people who play dvd on like twitch um and so I got swept up in all of that hype um but then when I did read her backstory um I tend to go for characters who are like appear one way and everybody like puts them into a box but when you actually like learn more about them like they have a lot of like depths to it or you know shrek and onions and yada 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 yeah, um, yeah. and so she you know was all of that for me on top of that just like her style and you know everything about her was just so like different from everybody else like i just absolutely loved her um and like ever since then I've learned more about DVD and I feel like as I learned more about DVD and appreciated it, appreciated the lore, um, you know, she was always just like my person to go back to. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of built in the like two years that I've played DVD really too. Yeah. The, the all kill chapter was also a chapter for me that really like pulled mm -hmm. me in. It was just really neat. It was all neon and cool and like, it was just very different. 
Yes, I feel I did some like research on my own in preparation for all of this. Um, and like one thing you notice is like a lot of the like cosmetics and just everything was like kind of more drab and like muted tones. But I feel like they like stylistically went out on a limb with that chapter and like kind of like being like, oh, well, let's try this and see if like people like it. And like, obviously everybody freaking loved it yeah um and you know now you see a lot more different like stylistic changes for all the different survivors a lot of the killers too but i mean we'll obviously be talking about trickster but like i don't know as much about him as much as like Jinjin. but obviously they're connected so so it's it's funny you say that and that's why i'm so excited about this and i'm gonna have to contain <laughs> myself because <laughs> jai woon is like my favorite lore killer like mm-hmm. by far his his lore is like so sadistic oh, yes. and like they're <laughs> all killers but man he had some things going <laughs> oh yeah yeah and i feel like you know when eventually you do go more into trickster here or whatever definitely like he's more of like the k-pop styling of it which i did not pick yunjin because of like me liking k-pop or anything like that mm-hmm. i don't i don't really listen to k-pop or anything like that so like that part is like totally lost on me same but same it's just her style and like yeah, when you start to get into her story a little bit, yeah, but obviously not too many people go that deep into the lore. Um, and so, yeah, but it was it was mainly, like, her style. And I feel like a lot of, like, gay-identifying queer people do kind of go towards Yeonjin because of those stylistics, too. I agree. I could see that. She's very... She's... And that's what you were saying, like, you people put them in a box. Like, when Yeonjin first came out, she was very, like conceited representing and then the further you get into it she's just such a hard worker and like has put herself there in that position so Mm -hmm. yes i feel like well can i can i like curse yeah yeah you're fine we were rated m podcast okay perfect and it's not gonna be anything crazy but like i feel like everybody just says like she's your typical like bitch and while that may appear true um you know i think when you look at her lore they just yeah, say she's more of like hardworking. She's shrewd, but I feel like she has to be that way as like a woman in the music industry as well. Oh, absolutely. Too. Um, as well as just like knowing where she came from with, you know, I don't know if you want to get already into like her like childhood or backstory or anything like that, but you know, knowing that she, you know, was growing up and she really grasped onto like music um and then just one day it was all taken away from her because her family you know reached some dire straits financially and couldn't pay the debts on her like instruments and stuff so then she's left to just like singing to her younger sister as they like cry as they like go to sleep too Mm -hmm. so it's like nobody ever talks about that part of it it's just she's a bitch (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They don't, nobody, you know, dives deep enough to find out that she really from the ground up built herself. Like, yes, she had like Jai Woon's band and stuff like that that she (laughs) built up, but she built herself from the ground up and her parents, you know, I don't fault them for the things that happened. Like they all went through it as a family, but she really just like picked them all up out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, you know, went to work. She auditioned to be, she like tried to like sing and be like, a celebrity I feel like try to be like a superstar but like they just rejected her and then she did like unpaid internship stuff and then worked behind the scenes on like all of their biggest music for like years 
Um, and then when she finally like made a name for herself, they put her with um, the boy band that would then get Jiwoon um, in the oncoming like time after that too. Right. So she was with the band and then the band added Jiwoon, which is yeah. probably something again, details that people would miss. Yeah. And her, the, you know, we talked about her fashion earlier. The reason she's so flashy is because she was put under all of these people for so long and not given any recognition. So when she was ready for that recognition, she went out flamboyant and popping and mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to release this since you won't. Yes. She said, I'm ready to slay. I'm ready to girl boss. And Correct. I, and I, and I think once I put her like garish, crazy cosmetics to like a story like that, that's what probably like, you know, really locked it in. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. is my main. Uh, yeah, I'll play some other people, but like, it's always going to be Yunjin. She is a bad bitch for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She is the biggest, best girl boss in all of the fog, and <laughs> th- and that's on God. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite part of her lore? Like, if you could pick just a section of it, and you really like resonate with or really appreciate, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of like I love so if you hear me talk on stream like I love things that like make you feel emotions hard like whether it's really angry whether it's like really really sad whether it's like crazy horror or like psychological horror like I love everything ramped up to 100% too so I think looking at like the psychological relationship that she has with the trickster is like easily the coolest part of it too um because a lot of people are yeah go back to she's a bitch um or like she's like stepped on people to like you know be where she's at but um you know there's so much depth between like what she and trickster have um where like they're both self-reliant on the other to get what they want her wanting to get um, you know, up and have a lot of wealth and be solid in her life so that she can avoid the disparities that she faced in her childhood. And mm-hmm. then obviously Ji Woon wants just everybody to like say his name and to be famous and stuff like that too. Um, Cause there was probably multiple opportunities um, that the trickster could have killed Yunjin or something like that, or, but they they both saw each other as like so crucial to like you know what they want to do um and then i think it got to a point for herself that she knew my safety is on the line i need to play this relationship perfect or i will die um and i just think that that's so cool and like just shows such a badass that she is mm-hmm. um and i think like you know that's really when i got and like read into the lore that like this is fucking crazy (laughs) yeah um, so yeah that's like my favorite part when you read through it she is um she is a force to be reckoned with she is actually and i don't know if you know this but she is one of the only survivors to actually welcome the fog Mm -hmm. yes she was like it was at the end of everything um like after no spin died um she toured with the trickster but then his like career was like getting towards the end with like the big music producing company Mm -hmm. and they were like you need to give us one last hit and then that's when trickster does like his crazy stuff and he kills all of these producers but at the end of all that he looks at young jin and is like 
almost kind of contemplates like, should I kill this person or not? Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, she, no matter what, she was always the person that like got me to where I am and yada, yada, yada. Um, and she, after witnessing all of this was like, I want to kill this person because now my whole career is ruined. Who knows what's going to happen after this point. And, you know, it's from those like deep seated hatred emotions that, yeah, she was like, she just welcomed the fog and, the rest is history. <laughs> yep. And the the fog itself actually welcomed her by cheering on her uh, artist's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how they, you know, like it was almost like the fog hyped her up. Like she is the baddest. It's going to put the stop to all of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely don't know as much about like the lore of like how the entity works. And I know you talked about that mm-hmm. on like the last episode too. So that's cool to know that like, you know, a lot of the survivors were kind of like, you know, on death's door or dying or yada, yada, yada. But, you know, she was kind of just like, you know, like you said, welcomed into it. Yep. Yeah. And in the, the NC, in most situations, in most of these lords, the entity ends up taking the survivor either unknowingly or like in an um, overcoming like senses mass. Mm -hmm. So they don't really get an option. Um, and she really probably wouldn't have gotten an option anyways, but it's yeah. the fact that it comes towards her and she sees it as her time to shine. Mm-hmm. So it's just really, it's so neat. Um, have you gotten into any of the tomes with her? Yes. I've read like everything to do with the, like, what was it? The crescendo tome, mm-hmm. that whole like backstory side story of when her and Trickster are like touring. I am super excited to know how you feel about the warehouse scene. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, like, I think at that point, like we were talking about, she's definitely more cognizant of, you know, the trickster is killing these people, even if she won't admit it to herself. I think she Mm -hmm. knows that this is going on. Um, But she's still within, you know, that mindset of like, I can't, you know, ruin this for my career. And I can't ruin this for just my life too um and so you know i really see you you really see this come to crescendo um like that relationship like playing out and you know i think it's just a cool way that like they really show the trickster's personality and kind of like what he does in the warehouse like he was absolutely killing this person but then you know flips it around as soon as the cops show up to you know get what he needs and And was flawless at it i know didn't miss a beat about it and it's almost like in the in the warehouse scene you almost can you can tell yunjin knows yes that's what i was about to say too yeah that he's the killer here like she's very aware (laughs) but like you said she like takes a step back and she's like well i can't rat him out Mm -hmm. like where does my career go i'm the person who's been touring this killer Mm-hmm. Like, so it almost makes me think at the at the very end of Yunjin's lore when she's like, you know what, this this guy really just took the extra level, is killing all these producers, is thinking about killing me. And I, I almost wonder if Jiwoon like decided in that moment that that was like his ally. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, you know, he was he was showing her mercy because he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. we know he's a psychopath, so we're not trying yeah. to like romanticize that. But like at the same time, like I, I almost wonder if he didn't see her in a certain light that was like you could be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really true. And what was I going to say? As it, Oh, wait, no, nope. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, you know, a lot of people would look at like what we were just talking about and she's like, Oh, like, how could she, how could she do that? Like, 
you know, kind of sit on their moral high horse and be like, mm-hmm. if I saw that, I would totally out him because then yada, 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 because that's the right thing to do. But like, I feel like when you read her story and like put yourself in it, what other decision would somebody else have made? Like, especially given her backstory, given from where she came from. Like, I think she acted like every single one of us would have acted like too. Um, oh, for sure. So, you know, a lot of people want to like criticize her for being shrewd or, you know, letting trickster like go about and do all of this stuff. And I don't see it that way. Um, you know, she was in a fight or flight response her whole life. Um, and that's just what she needed to do. And I don't think, you know, you can fault her for that. Yep. And even before the, even before the warehouse scene, you know, before this tome gave us all this cool extra information, we knew that she was hearing like screams and stuff in the soundtracks, in the songs that Trickster was giving and, and matching them up to like these girls or like these fans Mm -hmm. that he was like luring basically. Um, and you know, in, in even in her lore, there's a very descript scene where she like splashes her face with water and she's like, I'm trying to make the worst out of this because things are going downhill. Like I'm trying to look at all the bad stuff. It's not this bad. It couldn't be this bad. Mm-hmm. She's she's the same as us. She has anxiety. She obviously has went through depressive stages. Like oh, yeah. she's dealing with this as best she can to keep herself and her sister afloat. Like her sister's her life. Mm-hmm. I wish they gave us more insight into that. Cause I, I want her sister in the game so bad. That would be so cute. But who knows? They literally just talk about her as like a four-year-old and then she's gone. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, like as deep as, as Dead by Daylight can go with this lore and it just goes and goes and yeah. goes. They could, you know, just circle on back around someday. Like, mm-hmm. and they've obviously, you know, this anniversary, thank goodness, they made a huge statement about, you know, we're not even close to being done building on this game. Yeah. So I can't wait to see where they go with it. Yeah. It's so true. And then Nicolas Cage and like all of that. Is just I can't even believe Nicolas crazy. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no freaking way. I was like, this is obviously a prank. It's not even April. What's I happening? <laughs> so crazy. But, you know, Yoon Jin will stand next to Nick Cage and probably look down upon him because that's just what she does. Correct. Is there anything that you took notes on that you specifically want to talk about as far as the lore of the tome? Um, I think those are the main ones. Um, I think, yeah, that the main one is just looking at her story as kind of like in the light of like, well, what else could she have done? Um, and I think still within all of that, you know, you see her perseverance, you see her work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly think she was doing, you know, in her best interest as a woman in the music industry, being shrewd. Um and then she realized she was way in over her head with this trickster guy. Um, and, you know, at that point it was like, well, I need to play this relationship so flawlessly so that I don't die. And mm-hmm. I just think that that's so cool of her. Um, and then, yeah, going down to the last moments when she's in that auditorium with everybody else dead you know, I just think the moment of like trickster looking at her and in his lore, it says that he was intending on killing her, like tying up loose ends, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. So, you know, he was going to kill her, but, 
you know, it also talks about how she was like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's, his lore is cool because like, there's a stutter. Yeah. Like he stops for a minute and he's like, you know, you were pretty badass mm-hmm. as we were like going through all of this. Like he I wants to kill you. her because he needed the, the loose ends tied up. Like obviously he couldn't leave her, Yeah, but he definitely like mentally like saw mm-hmm. a psychopath saw this normal person and was like, you were a real you were a real, were a real like baddie threat, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. So she, if, she's just so great. With that being said, her perks I think reflect that really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, her perks. A lot of people I think look again, you know, would look at her perks and be like, even in like gameplay, like a these aren't that good, and b like a selfish, <laughs> a selfish player would definitely mm-hmm. use these. Um, I also like all the quotes that are on her perks. So yes, they're just so funny, especially smash hits. I've, I know <laughs> I've dealt with psychopaths in suits. You're just uglier and we're stressed. <laughs> yes. Um, but when you like actually take her perks and like put them into builds, like they're really fun. Like I think she has some of the like most fun perks of them all too. I agree. And I think that like, once you look at them knowing the lore, because like you said, like going into a gameplay style, going into like a competitive style, you're not going to grab these perks. These are not exactly what you're going to grab. I do see a lot of people use smash hit um, just for uh, like proximity purchase or reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Purposes is what I was doing for purchases was what was coming out (laughs) of my mouth. But um, I, I really like that. Like if you sit there and think about her lore, like fast track is embarrassing to trickster. Yeah. Like, she's just finishing these gens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then smash hit, she's, he's standing right there. He can't even see her. He can't touch her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and then, and then self-preservation obviously is, is you're very, very like secluded to headstrong. So like mm-hmm. in that very, very end scene, she's, she's not, she's not anything other than self-preservation. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like she's just, so it's, it's really neat to look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, putting it into the context of, like, everything that we've talked about, like, yes, her perks are even more of a slay. Um, um, Also, low-key, self-preservation is actually really great on, like, if you're really trying to go for, like, flashlight saves. Because they Mm -hmm. get, like, they get, like, downed, and then, you know, you're just quiet, no scratch marks, no pools of blood, no grunts of pain, and then, bam. So I used it in that sense, Um, but you can always switch it out with, like, off the record or something like that. I um I just saw Wisp's uh, TikTok the other day of you saving him in Saloon. <laughs> yes. And I was like, that is the best Yunjin play I've ever seen. So, and Wisp is going to come at my throat for that. But it was. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, I was so drunk when I was playing <laughs> at that time. I remember my boyfriend, well, now fiance, came up and was like, are you okay? I heard so much, like, commotion. And I was just laughing to myself. <laughs> so much from after that too but it was great yes shout out to whispers go follow their tiktok i was tagged in one of it as yunjin slay also another p100 yunjin too which yeah wasn't that one of your p100 yunjin nights yes yeah uh no that was another night that no? i was just you know on dvd and twitch and was like hey i'll play a game with you heck yeah mm-hmm. um what is your favorite yunjin fit Oh, okay. So very, I've made a tweet about this too. There are two types of Yunjin players and it was like her blue like set outfit. And then it was Mm -hmm. like the like auto mechanic, like the one with like the trucker hat on it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're, 
is like kind of no in between with it as well too. But um, <laughs> her set is always great. So <clears throat> as a like hype moment, I had this planned for like the anniversary and then this just worked out with it too. So I'll actually be wearing her fit that I like the most um, when this releases. And then I'll be doing a stream like either the day of or the day after. Um, but it is the, her tome top, which is the yellow, pink, green, like mm-hmm. floral. Um, it's like the petal bud wig, although her new visor, which just came out this week, is probably going you? to be added to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's the like pajama scrunchie bun with like the bangs hanging That's out. my favorite. Yes. I love the pajama scrunchie bun. But I, when she came out, I bought that blue outfit immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yes. I loved that. I was bright as hell, but I loved that yeah. fit. Yeah, so it's the yellow and then either the black pants, which if you have the black pants, it actually has yellow, like, pumps, which, like, match the top <gasps> so well. Um, and then, yeah, the, the head can be most of them, but I typically go with, like, the scrunchie. The The look I will be wearing will be the scrunchie with the bang, like, hanging yes. down, too. So it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Um, but, yeah, I've only cosplayed Felix, um, so this will be my first, like cosplay of Yunjin. your felix was also a slay so i'm sure Yunjin will be fantastic yes i'm super pumped i uh i just loved Yunjin when she first came out i thought for sure i'd be a Yunjin main i always go back to nancy i don't know why yeah. i tried to pretend but she is absolutely one of the best like if anybody ever just is like i don't want to read dvd lore i'm like you need to sit down and mm-hmm. read g wounds and hers yeah. like it's true. They are both so deep and so like sinister. It's just really neat. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, she. I know you love a girl boss um, because you are a girl boss. So that's <laughs> why you love Yunjin. Um, yeah, I play after Yunjin. I play Felix because he's hot, and then also Zarina, who's like just is mm-hmm. very underplayed. Um, but I, I'm constantly always playing her first and foremost. Um, it's funny because like all you, you listed Yunjin, Felix and Zarina and all three of them are like bosses in their lore. It's like, so true. They're just like self-created badasses. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people look at, well, we're not getting into like Felix, but like, again, you look at Felix and he looks like scummy, like frat boy. But when you read his lore, it's like absolutely not that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, I love characters that are like that. All right, some fun facts, and you might even know these because you took notes, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you're already aware. But um, her obviously her pseudonym was uh, Magnum Opus, so mm-hmm. that was her performing name. And then um, one of my favorite things is she is the first one to be actually voiced by a professional actor. <laughs> it's funny. Be, it's funny you bring that up because like every the other like biggest thing that people don't want to play her is because of her noises. <laughs> I know, but she's so dramatic. She really she is. Really is. But, but we already it. had Jane. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like Jane's already dramatic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Yunjin's moans are like easily like I don't know. I love hearing them. They just are so funny to me in like the context mm-hmm. of dvd that like i love it like i feel like so many survivors just like boring moans but at least she like sticks out from it as well well too. and that's that's another thing too like she she is one of the most how do i want to say it like 
like boisterous characters Mm -hmm. her noises need to match that like she's not (laughs) gonna go she's not gonna go in there and pretend she's not the shit you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like she's like i don't care if you hear me and her Mm -hmm. screams are like and a lot of people disagree because they're shrill or whatever but like i in my opinion they're like almost melodic yeah like she's singing like Mm -hmm. that's her high pitch like it's just neat yeah that is cute yeah no one's doing it like Jinjin. Exactly. She has like a lot of neat, once you know who she is, where she came from, kind of that backstory, it makes sense as to why she's more, she's just one of the more standout characters. Like mm-hmm. she's just, no matter who you are, if you've picked up DVD and you see a young Jin, no one ever mistakes a young Jin. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. And I feel like a lot of people don't want that type of like character. You know, a lot of people would play it for, you know, somebody who more so relates to themselves. And I feel like a lot of people, yeah, don't want to play Yunjin because she wouldn't like I I don't see a lot of people like relating like you know verbatim from her lore but I feel like you can get a lot of her lore that like you can relate to too about like humble beginnings to building yourself up and facing rejection and you know having to live in dire straits just for like your safety as well too so by the time everybody hears this obviously I'll have done my dramatic reading of her mm-hmm. lore and background um what are some of the things i guess because i've been trying to do the interviews before the 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 dramatic reading what are some of the things that you like mm-hmm. picture when you read her lore like you know like if you get into it like do you picture like a certain kind of like music beats do you picture things that are more haunting like is there anything that you imagine when you read her lore i feel like i feel like tricksters like um what is it the the thing like the huntress the lullaby i feel like mm-hmm. uh trickster's lullaby is like literally perfect for like what i would expect of like more future sound forward but also like yeah very like haunting yeah like um, screechy it's very menacing yeah. you know when you're facing a trickster there's no doubt about it yeah and it's like kind of like a chase music as well i feel like mm-hmm. her entire life was a chase um from start to finish and yep. she was always running and girl she ran in freaking high heels and um, I feel like like just that's what I picture with her too. Like just straight girl bossing through all of the hardships and, you know, absolutely smashing any sort of expectations that were ever put on her. Um, especially when they were very great in the eyes of, you know, the music producers she worked with. It's crazy. I mean Aside from her, now we have Singularity and Gabriel. Um, there's really, like, no other, like, paired survivor and killer like them, too. And it's mm-hmm. funny because, like, Yunjin's, like, the only, like, producing manager um, that we've had. But a lot mm-hmm. of them end up being, like, reporters. And, like, like just, like, you know, the very yeah. classic mind-your-own-business-you-wouldn't-get-taken kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you see that with, like, Zarina and, like, mm-hmm. so many of the other ones, too. I was about to say, I didn't really talk as much about, like, her correlation with, like, why so many, like, people in the LGBTQ communities, like, really like her. So I don't know if you'd want me to go more in-depth about that. Yeah, that was the main thing, too. Yeah, because with Pride Month, I do feel like there's just 
so many more percentage of like people who identify as you know lgbtq across the board just like really gravitate towards her and i think it is mainly because of her style you know you think of pride you think of rainbows you think of out there um and you know the importance of pride is you know being visible so that people know that we are here we are people we deserve rights um and you know i think yunjin just as we've talked about too she lives herself you know she is who she is she built herself up to that and you know i think that's probably why just from the outside a lot of people see her in the lgbtq community and kind of gravitate towards her too um as well as she is literally a rainbow (laughs) as she runs Mm -hmm. across and stuns the killers um you know, but I think even more so when you do get into her lore, you know, again, that's probably even more reason why, you know, a lot of people who are queer and gay, you know, just really, really love her because she is just such a sleigh and such a girl boss. I feel like everybody who plays her, like, just understands the type of girl boss that she is and awakens the inner girl boss in all of us. You know, even of cis, even of cis men, I think she awakens the girl boss that, you know, that part of people that they just really want to be. Listen, I, I totally agree, too, because there is no one other than you, obviously, on this podcast that I've met that will absolutely stand up for Yunjin 24-7 like Whisperks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he, yeah. all day, every day, will tell you that that's the best survivor in the game. And he doesn't even, like, care for the lore. Yeah. He just thinks she slays. <laughs> yep. Um, the other two people who are uh, like always on our P four hundred Yunjin squad. Uh-huh. Um, another is just be quiet and then chill on B. Um, and I don't, don't, don't call me on this. And I'm sorry if I, you know, don't know their like specific labels that they use. But I believe both of them are straight as well. Um, and so, you know, again, she just kind of reaches out to all people and, you know, there's a part of us that just wants to be, you know, out there in your face, girl boss, slay. Um, and, you know, I feel like clearly there's a lot of people who like want to be that. Yes. She, she definitely gives boss vibes and like, Mm -hmm. she's been, I mean, there's been plenty of chapters since her now. And she is still a go-to for so many people. Like people fight yeah. over her in our tournaments. Like <laughs> if we do like the, you can only play one character in the tournaments, people are like, fine, I play somebody else. Yeah. Like it's, people really do adore her. I, I've seen so many, I just, of course, know you and Whisper closer to know that you guys play him so much, but all, all of the Yunjins, anybody I've met that plays Yunjin too, I've generally always known to be like very kind people. Mm-hmm. It's so true, which is funny because like lore wise, or just not lore wise, but like face value, like she seems like the least kindest of them mm-hmm. all. No, I bet if we ran into Yunjin Lee today on the street and we were in trouble or something was going on, she would be the person to protect you. She'd cover your drinks. Mm-hmm. She would absolutely take care of you in a bar setting. You know, like she would absolutely be somebody that I would trust my life into. I I feel like yes. But only when you worked to have that relationship with her. Definitely. I do feel like, she, you know, if you're a stranger on the street, she's going to, you know, not not even 
cast a side eye on you. Um, but I think, again, that just comes from her backgrounds and the person that she needed to be for herself. Um, mm-hmm, and again, mm-hmm. you can't fault her for that. But I feel like I would want to be her friend so bad because she is so slay. And then once you are her friend, like, yeah, you're besties, baddies for life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, absolutely. Like, anytime somebody's like, uh, you know, somebody walks up to you in the bar you don't want to talk to, she's the person like, hey, we got to go. We have this to do. You know, mm-hmm. she's absolutely, she'd be a great friend once you had her as a friend. Oh, yes. All right. I think that's it as far as talking about Yunjin, unless you have anything you want to talk about. I don't think so. I think that's main ones. That's everything I had. <laughs> Is there anything you have coming up on Twitch or otherwise that people should tune in for? I know you talked a little bit about doing your cosplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can always find me twitch.tv backslash toadsworthy. Um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and weekends, usually later in the evening, Eastern Standard Times. Um, coordinating with the release of this podcast, I will be doing a yunjin cosplay stream probably save that for a weekend so i can do it like a little longer um other than that um i'm a part of team overture now um so we always have a cool um group of lgbtq um uh, content creators Um, we're always doing a lot of cool stuff so feel free to check them out as well um other than that you know i just i'm not one of those content creators who really like does a lot because I do have a full-time job outside of this as well. Um, So I kind of just like hang out. So if you ever want to join in on some DVD or some Fortnite, you know, come find me, come find me on Twitter, come find me in Twitch um, and then join our discord. And you're always more than welcome to join and I'll save you a seat bestie. And always willing to talk about anything LGBTQ LGBTQ and Yunjin and adjacent. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. Talk about anything. I always, I'm one of those people who says, you know, if you come in there and, you know, need to tell me something that's just to get it off your chest, like, we'll go, we'll go from there, too. Um, and, you know, I always want to be um, a brave space um, to have those conversations that, um, you know, I know plague people's minds. Yes. And I love your Drinks by Daylight. That was <laughs> phenomenal. It was one of the coolest things ever to be just talking oh, yes. with while we gamed. Yeah, that's coming back eventually, too. Um, I plan to reach out to some people i had reached out to some people that fell through and then i moved so it's been put on pause but um we're gonna play with that in a little bit (laughs) well that is amazing we i think are done as long as we're good um and thank you so much for being here of course thank you for letting me just ramble on about Yunjin because I freaking love her um, and I freaking love you too and <laughs> doing the good work with the podcast and just everything and being just like one of the most like genuine people I feel like on Twitch when there's so many so many others that are not <laughs> I appreciate that that's I'm hoping with the lore podcast that it just kind of reignites a section of dbd i know that a lot of us get angry with the anniversary slugging tunneling like it's sometimes it's hard to remember that there's a positive side to dbd but it's true i've met so many amazing beans including yourself and just i i wouldn't trade that for the world and so the lore part of it just gives it the cool story behind it and why people love Mm -hmm. it so yeah and i mean you're passionate about that which is easily the best thing to do just go with the things that like you're passionate about yes and And people want to be shitty then they don't matter. 
<laughs> fair <laughs> that is absolutely hello everybody thank you so much for tuning in to the second ever episode of storytellers in the fog i am so happy to have you guys here and so thankful that you all have supported me if you have not already please check out my other podcast monsters myth and mayhem with Silverwing. it is a wonderful podcast speaking on monsters and the myths and mayhem they would cause in modern day society you can find either podcast almost any podcast service we do upload to spotify and have the most views there so we always upload there no matter or what if you cannot find us elsewhere um i am so thrilled that you guys are listening and enjoying my podcast i'm sorry for any audio issues in this episode i did have my partner in the background yelling at a video game quite often and you can hear my children very often in the background i appreciate your guys's patience while i find and do better equipment and better mics i hope to see you guys next month we'll catch you in the fog <laughs>